0: This show is brought to you in part by Temple Sporting Goods, powered by AdCraft. For more information on creating great gear for your team, contact them at 563-243-1304 or at templessports.com. Hey, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe here with John Cooper, and uh, we have a special guest with us tonight is uh, Kevin Donnelly of the St. Francis uh, Cougar's here with us. Coach, how you doing? I'm
1: doing fine, thank you.
0: Excellent. It's it's good to have you. I, I know I was talking um with with your S I D last week and uh inquiring about your, your schedule and he's like, Oh yeah. Coach's got uh a lot more time than he usually does. So Well yeah, we all we all do right now. I mean you have
1: got to stay home and stay away from the, uh People, the, the social distancing, and so forth. And, you know, we're abiding by it like everybody else in the country, and the coaches all over are dealing with it. So, you know, you, you've got to find your own way, to communicate with your players. You, you've got to make sure they're staying on top of their classwork online. I'm glad that they can do it. I don't think I can pass a course that way. But um, making sure they're doing that, along with uh, trying to stay in. in conditioned and uh, do some running and things. Uh, as the weather gets warmer, they can still do that.
2: Coach, you know, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, you know, with what we're talking about, you know, the minor league baseball team isn't playing. The Cougars Spring Team, you know, just the spring sports aren't going on. You know, there's not not a lot going on. And uh, I'm wondering, and this is a food question because I'm a big guy what's your go-to meal maybe get something to go or get something delivered to you or a homemade meal or you're making it through the the quarantine times
1: <laughs> well I'll, I'll be honest with you guys I haven't uh, been uh, focused on my last meal for a number of years I <laughs> I, uh, I, I lived in, I um, live to uh, I don't live for my next meal I guess what I'm trying to say I I eat to live instead of live to eat, so uh, I, I like about anything. I just don't eat much of it.
0: I hear that. Well, how is, how is that contact with, with your athletes? Um, I, know, I know it's it's harder. Uh, we were talking right before we pressed the record button that um, how y'all are keeping in contact with, with your guys. Uh, you mind going back into that a, a, a little bit?
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, we we divide it up. All of our coaches have their position groups. And um, I'm telling them, you know, we got to have contact with players every 48 hours. Uh, I'll be starting to send out some uh, messages on, on our huddle communication system uh, bi weekly. to we get a couple things of expectations, and things that we want to do, and we want to still pursue our goals. And, you know, I, I think you got to trust your players right now. I mean, one of the first things we talk about, we tell our kids to fill their bucket, do the best they can be. And you start with integrity. you got to trust each other. you got to trust them to do what we ask them to do. Uh, they got to trust us because we've got to have each other's back year around. Well, we've got a tough situation. Our back's up against the wall. Our whole country's in a tough situation. So we're going to trust them that they've got to do the things that they're supposed to do. they got to be accountable for it. Uh, in the classroom and physically and to make sure that they're in shape and do what they're supposed to do so uh, they're on, on top of their, their grades in pursuit of their degree. So uh, not an easy thing. Um, things worthwhile in this world do not come easy and there are going to be adversity and obstacles all along the way. Uh, that's what you teach kids when you're in this profession. And um, this is a tough thing for all Americans right now, just not football players or our football team, but everybody. And um, I believe uh, that we will overcome it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be uh, a piece of cake. You know, We're, we're going to have to uh, deal with some of the boredom, but we've got to make the best of the time that we have. Figure out the most productive way that you can to use it. I had to go out and get a, a computer to set up here in my home because I always work from my office. So now I'm trying to I'm getting pretty good. I can figure this thing out. I can read email, and send email, and all sorts of good things now. So you know, you do the best with the, the circumstances that you know.
0: So I want to I want to look back at at last year a little bit before we before we go forward. Um, USF uh, coming off of, um, you know, two two national championships and a trip to the semifinals. Um, you know, last year uh, wasn't exactly um, you know up to the up to that standard. You you still made it to the playoffs, but you lost to a pretty good Lindsey Wilson team in the playoffs. Um, talk talk to us a little bit about, about what you and your and your team learned about yourselves um, from from that early exit
1: guys i'm gonna tell you what i've been in this for a long time i've been coaching longer than either of you have been on this earth and if you think you're going to be able to stay in the final four and two national titles every year uh just ain't so we went uh 15 16 17 18 two national titles and and four final fours that's a pretty strong run you're going to fall off once in a while when you have a bad year and you still make the playoffs, uh, it's, you know, and, and then you got to regroup and you got to figure out uh, some things maybe you could have done better. That's a healthy thing. So um, I'm proud of our kids. And we uh, would have liked to finish stronger. We had one of those crazy years and a lot of injuries. Uh, we had, uh, I think, nine season-ending injuries last year. It's part of the obstacles that you have to deal with in the course of a football season. So you get knocked down, you got to get up, you gotta keep going. And uh, Yeah, we'd like to be you know, winning national titles every year, but uh, you know, you, Alabama doesn't do that either, you know. So um, you just got keep, to gotta keep going and uh, make sure that you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You rarely stay the same. So maybe we took a step back, but by gosh, we got up and we're going to be moving in the right direction now. And you know you got all these new circumstances to deal with, and I, I think, you know, you, the people are going to be successful next fall. Yeah, you got to have, you got to have talent, but boy, you got to figure out how you're going to deal with the circumstances that we're dealing with in, in the world today, in the world of college football today. How you going to relate to your players? How you going to get them to respond to the circumstances we're all dealing
2: with? Here. Coach, you bring up a great point. You know, people don't understand how hard it is just to stay at that elite level. Um, It doesn't really matter how great you are. That football is a funny shaped object and it can bounce the wrong way at times. And, uh, you know, Coach, what I really want to talk about is you just said you've been doing it longer than we've been walking the earth. Um, What's the foundations that you carried from the beginning of your time? to now that makes your program successful as it is?
1: Well, the games on Saturday, the practices every day, you know, that's the fun stuff. The longer I'm in it, um, the more I realize the real purpose of what we do. Um, When I was your age, man, it was about lining up. You loved to smell the blood in the grass. There wasn't any turf back in those days. You love to battle on Saturdays, like to get a little buddy and come out and, and um, find a way to get it done where you come out on top of the scoreboard. The longer you're in this, yep, that's important. That's the fun stuff. That's what you love to do. It's called being a competitor. But I think as long as I've been in it, our real job as football coaches is to teach young men to become the best they can be. And I, I kind of figured that out um, relatively young. You, you go through uh, ups and downs of a learning curve in making young men the best thing be, maximizing performance. And that's not just blocking the tackle and catching the football and running the football and doing all those things. It's about becoming a better person. I, I don't think that you can win consistently with talent alone. You've got to, got to have young men of character that know how to respond when they get knocked down, when things are difficult. Uh, How are you gonna react to a seven and three season? How are you gonna react to getting your tail beat one week? How are you gonna react to a great upset that you have accomplished or that you failed in? It's all those highs and lows that you respond and that's what develops you as a person Uh, I've had a number of young men that I've coached some 30, 35, 40 years ago. I'm now coaching grandsons of former players that come back and say, you know, I'm still trying to fill my bucket from all those years, all those things that we learned in the football program. uh, I've tried to live my life by, and it's been very meaningful. I think that's what we really do as coaches. Yeah, man, you want to win. Man, I want, I'm want. i the worst loser in the world. I have figured out this. My wife asked me this question once, do you love winning more or hate losing more? And it's I absolutely despise losing, I can't. I am a terrible human being to be around when during defeat. So I'm gonna do everything I can to possibly avoid it. And, but that's part of what I want for the young men to understand. Uh, don't don't be uh, be happy with uh, defeat. Don't be happy with a setback. Find a way to respond and come back and uh, prove yourself each and every day in all phases of your life.
0: Well, um, going into next season, uh, coach, um, you lose a couple of, of really nice pieces at at wideout with with Dan Rixey and Rocky James. Uh, graduating I, I know um, you know uh, we, we got to, to take in a good bit of, of USF football uh, last year y'all uh, do a great job of televising your games um, you know with, with multiple cameras and, and it's, it makes it easier to watch and I, and I swear every time I looked up it was Dan Rixey catching the ball um, you know when you, when you needed something uh, you know he made it he made it happen um, talk about losing those those two basically uh, uh, safety uh, safety nets for for Matt Crable going going forward. Next man up. Um, just talk Next about.
1: Next man up, man. Yeah, Danny Rich is a great football player. So was Rocky James. Love them both dearly. But uh, there'll be somebody else that'll step right up.
0: You do have a couple of all-conference offensive linemen and a, and a running back coming back. That's all-conference as well, um, you know. So um, you will definitely, I, I assume, look to look to pound the ball through your through your gauntlet of a schedule uh, that you have. The Mid States does a great job with its running backs and its offensive linemen finding um, good ones to to come at you week after week.
1: Well we have a pretty simple theory, go where they ain't, not where they is. You know, if people are going to pack it inside, we're not going to try to run where we don't have people block them. We're going to go where they're not. Yeah, we've got a great offensive line. We've got a great offensive line. Coach, do a great job with them. We've got some backs that are strong runners. And, uh, if, uh, that's what people are going to try to take away, we're, we're going to be able to throw the football as well, vice versa. So, um, you know, again, uh, go where they ain't. Not where they really is defensively. I mean, we're, um, we we've lost some good players, but uh, you know, I think we're going to be uh, have, a, have a good, solid core back, and I'm optimistic about
0: that as well. You talk about that defense. A um, couple of them that that you're losing um, along the line, James Jamesich and Matt and Matt Swartz there. Um, you know, I talked about every time I, I looked up that, that it was Rixie and James catching, catching the ball. Every time I looked up, it was Jamisic making a huge play defensively, too. Um, you know, talk about, talk about uh, that a little bit as well.
1: Well, they were outstanding football players, outstanding young men. James uh, had uh, some injury last year, and you probably wouldn't know it, but uh, uh, he played with a great deal of pain and wasn't at full strength most of the year. But uh, he gave everything he had all the way to the end. Matt Schwartz was just a solid football player uh, throughout his uh, whole career. Uh, made great plays, uh, blocked a field goal in the Concordia game. and We scooped and scored and, and uh, won that football game. The game was tight at that point. But big plays, big sacks, uh, play after play. You know, the year before we lost uh, Probably the three best linebackers, maybe in NAI football history. And we thought, how in the world are we going to get, get by? You know, when you always have guys that are going to step up, and you might lose a, a step here and there, but, um, you know, it's what, uh, part of the, the challenge of coaching. You know, you got to get guys uh, geared up and, and ready to keep improving so that you can close that gap from the folks that left before.
0: How does, how does not having. Um spring ball and and that kind of tryout period um affects those position battles in the fall
1: well it obviously will somewhat you know but um somebody that's uh, getting new coordinators i know one of our former guys is a new offensive coordinator in texas you know it's devastating for him to go in and, and put in a new offense and uh not have a spring football to do it. So they're trying to do a lot of things online and, and that sort of thing. And then I know that NCAA is looking at uh, having some opportunity when this mess gets behind us here in June or July that we might be able to come back in early and do it. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's a factor. But I think if you get coordinators back, you get a system uh, in place, you know, relatively in place. And all you got to do is adapt to what you have instead of what you had uh, it's not as big a transition as it is to implement a whole new system. Uh, every year, I mean, we do a few new things, but it's not uh, a completely uh, unveiling of a, of a new system of what you do. So I don't think it would be as devastating for us as it probably will be for some who uh, change coordinators.
2: Coach, you just talked about one of your uh, previous uh, coordinators that's uh, at Texas now. And uh, people don't realize, you have a coaching tree. You got a guy in the Big Ten. Uh, can you just elaborate on some guys that came up under you and now, you know, reaching for the sky, I guess you could say?
1: Well, Mike Yersing started with us back in 1999. He was a graduate assistant, played for me in another school, was an outstanding quarterback. And um, I knew he was going to be good. He was smart. He was cocky. And, you know, he uh, he studied the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and he just didn't get his break and I, I mean about oh gosh six seven eight years ago we were at a convention in Nashville and he was really down thinking about getting out of coaching he just couldn't move he was a coordinator at uh, Shippensburg University over in the PSAC and uh, they had led the nation in um, scoring offense that year total offense and uh he just um, wanted to be head coach, wanted to get a shot in Division One at that time. So I was calling, trying to get him a job. Oh, uh, gosh, it was one of the Division Three schools over in Ohio, I can't recall which one it was right now. And then um, he, called, he called me and said that um, the secretary came in, to staff room, they were watching some film, and um, said Mike Gundy from Oklahoma State called one of the they could have access to the video, so I was I was sure you know. So kind of a compliment, you know, that the Division One guys were looking down to Division Two and trying to study some things they were doing. And the next day, um, Coach Gundy called Coach Yersich on the phone and wanted to talk to him about being the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. So we flew in to uh, Scranton, met. Uh, Mike in a hotel over in that area he spent about four hours. And the next day, um, Mike's flying out to Oklahoma to start as the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. So that was, that was quite an interesting thing. And then last year, he jumps to Ohio State. So he's a uh, pass coordinator at, at Ohio State. And this past year, um, gosh, you know, things happen so fast when you get in there that. Uh, High level, uh, you know, you're doing great. People were, you know, you're in demand. Uh, they were getting ready to play Clemson and got a call. And there were several people coordinating, and um, ended up, um, you know, making the final decision after the, the playoff game. The University of Texas uh, offered him the job. I think 1.7 million a year, uh, three-year contract, uh, pretty good deal. Uh, got another guy, offensive line coach. Uh, that was with me on Pennsylvania's, he's the uh, O-line coach for the 49ers right now. Um, James Boettcher, uh has been a coordinator at the Arizona Cardinals, New York Giants. He uh, was our captain of our, our 2003 team, started as a graduate assistant for us. And anyway, he moved on and uh, uh, <laughs> the staff got fired this year with the Giants. He's have taken a year off, but he'll be back in Extremely bright young man, a great great story there. So, you know we've had a few of those guys, and uh, it is a nice coaching tree. And we had actually planned on having a uh, a clinic of all those guys that started that way back in the, oh gosh it's a few weekends ago, March twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth that weekend at Moorhead State. Rob Tenure, the head coach of Moorhead State, started as a graduate assistant. To, with me back in the 90s and uh, so he organized it all and then we had to cancel it because of this coronavirus thing but uh, I know he's working on it next year to go to Austin Texas at Mike's place down there so hopefully he's still around there at that time he's in quite demand. but anyway I'm proud
2: of the young man that have been part of the program and decided they were going to go into coaching and there's many many more of them. As a high school coach in the state of Florida I'm going to have to Keep a keep an eye on when you guys do that clinic, as I get to pick one clinic a year to go to. Uh, so I'm gonna have to keep that. That sounds like an all-star cast there. Um, now, now let me ask you about yourself, Coach. You know, you got guys like you and uh, Coach Wilcox over there at Benedictine that are just cornerstone NAIA guys. Um, just you know, what what what's your thoughts about the NAI level as a whole? You guys have just you know had. Such a long tenure here now. What what's your thoughts on the NAI as a whole? I'm not sure what what question you're asking.
1: I mean, you're asking me about the NAI organization.
2: Well, no, no. What I'm just asking you about the uh, the level of NAI football. You've been around here for so long. You know, most the people NAIA don't understand football. the just the high quality competition here. And you know, guys like you and Coach Wilcox have just you you've been around the NAI level for so long, just your opinions of the competition here and what, what the NAI has to offer? Well, it's pretty doggone good. Um,
1: I wouldn't have been uh, doing this as long as I have if I didn't believe it was sound good football. Um, I mean, we've beaten uh, a lot of NAI school. we've schools. We've beaten Division two schools. We've beaten Division one schools. We had a, a team uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago maybe now, gave us a whole lot of money to go play them, I and we ended up with 42 to 10 wins.
2: Wow. So I'm going to tell you,
1: NAIA football is strong. There's some good teams um, I know that have, have got quality wins over uh, Division Twos and Division Is. Um, but, you know, scholarship football. Um, NAIA is a little different how they structure from Division Two, but very similar. And both of those, NAIA and Division 2 can compete at that uh, FCS level. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. I've witnessed it um you know when you when you play division one you know you you come out in pre-game and you think oh my gosh maybe we bit off too too much guys look like they're bigger and stronger and more athletic but it's about heart it's about playing the game it's about playing harder and faster and tougher and playing with confidence so you know even though you play division one team and may have a lot bigger buckets Maybe they didn't have that confidence. Maybe they didn't have that tenacity to be championship quality football team. Obviously, one we played a few years back um, didn't have that, so they ended up dropping us and picking up Purdue the next year. So, you know, it's uh, you play the game on 100 yards, 53 and a third yards wide, and 11 guys at a time, and and, uh, yeah, it's about scheme, it's about fundamentals, it's about block and tackling, it's about heart and courage as well. So um, I love NAI football, been part of it since, uh, well, 60s, I guess, as a player. And um, I know Larry's got a few years on me, he's been in a little longer than I have.
0: Well, Coach, we, um, we absolutely appreciate you, you coming on the show. Uh, tonight, it's it's always a whole lot of fun to have you on and just to sit and, and listen uh, to what you have to say. And I know John and I are going to be watching a lot of uh, USF football, hopefully come uh, come this fall. And and we uh, we we'll, we look forward to another great season and, and a lot of great games from uh, the 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 mid states. Um, just we. We can't wait to see exactly how that falls and, and, and who does who does what next season.
2: What part of Florida are you guys calling from? Panhandle? We we are from beautiful Tallahassee, Florida.
1: Okay, so I saw that eight five O.
2: Where the Emerald Coast is running wild over here. I hear that.
1: Well, we stay in the Emerald Coast up a little f- further north, up in the
2: Destin area. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're we're big fans of Destin too, the beautiful Destin Florida. Absolutely. Uh,
1: All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Yes,
2: thanks, thanks for take coming care, on, coach.
1: sir. Uh, bye-bye.